a lot of songs. When I was first saved, and I didn't know anything except I was saved, uh, I wasn't as particular, and I don't make no big deal out of it, but uh, little songs like I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. It's a nice little song, but it's unscriptural as it can be. And once you uh, become a child of the king and you know that it was him that chose you and not you yourself, you, as you grow, the little things that are little to a lot of people, they're not to you if you're studying and, and uh, so want to look at that thought tonight. You know, uh, ever heard a minister make the statement, you need to make a decision for Christ? You ever heard that? How can a dead man make a decision? He said, well, that's no big deal. Well, it's not, but it's not true. You're asking a lost man to do something that he cannot do. And when you get the foundation, these little, uh, uh, you know, as some people said, oh, you know, that's just picking. Well, uh, when I was growing up, we called them little white lies. But I think that if we grow in grace and knowledge and God teaches us and blesses us where we know the difference, you know, uh, you need to make a decision. You know, Billy Graham, bless his heart, he done a lot more good than he ever did bad, or, or I think he did. But he was big on that. Make a decision for the Lord. A lost man can't make a decision because he's spiritually dead. Now, why I believe, and these preachers have their own way or own reason for saying that, you know, it's uh, we got to realize that asking a man or woman to make a decision for Christ is not near as effective as living for the Lord in front of them. It's our personality, whether it's spiritual or worldly, that causes us to begin to think. You know, it's, it's not that, you know, uh, as I brought out Sunday, you know, and I, and I knew this particular woman that I said, you know, she was dressed with a coat and a hat, and, you know, and, it was chilly, but then she, uh, you know, her just seeing her walk down the street, you wouldn't think she had anything on at the bottom because you couldn't see anything. You know, so uh, that's not from the center of the hell. But the young people who are growing up and they look at all what is Christianity on the blue tube and they go to these rallies. Their dress is like the world. Their music is just like the world. 
and you know, and and you may be at like the majority is, you know, that's not a big deal. But I believe it is a big deal because if you profess to be saved and let people know you profess to be saved, the decisions that you will make will determine whether you have a positive or negative influence on those around you. Would it surprise you to know that statement is foreign from Scripture? You know, I I looked and looked and checked, and it's just not there. Not only the statement itself, but the concept is not taught in the Bible at all. Even the concept is not taught for to ask a lost person to make a decision for the Lord. Because it's impossible. It's impossible for a dead man to do anything but be dead. Now, first of all, this is a short study, and uh, I started it years ago, and and uh, I used it a lot on visitation, but. Uh, the first point is that Christ never asked you to make a decision for him. Christ clearly taught repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he taught. Now, you know, I, I hope I'm smart enough and I hope I've never made anybody feel, but, you know, I, I don't deny this. You know, I... I don't try to make anybody feel comfortable in their sin. I don't. I don't apologize for it. They they shouldn't feel comfortable. Why? Have, Have you ever wondered why there are certain people that are saved, you know they're saved, and you believe that they're saved, You'll sort of tighten up your speech. You'll tighten up everything when you're around them because there's such something different about them. And that difference is that they're trying very hard on a day-to-day basis to live what they say they believe. And when I was thinking this afternoon as I was going over these notes, you know, I speak quite often. Well, not quite often, but at least a couple times a, a year I'll mention, uh, you know, Sister Ann Reed and Sister Arnold and Sister Wilson. It was just something about Sister Wilson. You know, she didn't say a lot, but she was a funny person when you got her just in the right place, you know. But it was something different about her. And I could go in some details, but I won't. But notice here in Luke 13, verse 3. Luke 13, verse 3. Here the Lord said, I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. 
I mean, that's getting nigh, isn't it? That's pretty nigh. When he says here in Luke 13, verse 3, he said, I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Didn't say that, you know, you, unless you made a decision or you came forward or you was baptized or you got to memorize so many scriptures. So we need to really think even after we've been saved. You know, I've been saved longer than some of you are old. God wants us to repent. And repentance is a change of mind, a change of heart that leads to a change of action. Now, the world in which we live in now, as I, and I hope I'm not judging, because I don't know nobody's heart. You don't have to know as much Bible as I think I know to be saved. You really don't have to know very little at all to be saved. But you're going to spend a longer, I mean, there's no comparison. If I was to live to be 200 years, on this earth, he said, man, he's lived a long time, but I'm going to live longer in glory. But the average, you know, person here now, you know, they're, you know, but we have a lot of uh, people dying early, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s. And some of them profess to be saved. And I'm not saying that they aren't. But our lifestyle, our decisions, the decisions that I make today are to point that I've been born again. God said in verse 5 of the same Luke 13, in verse 5, he says, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. said, oh, uh, Luke was off in our mind, wasn't he? It didn't say except ye join the church, except ye be baptized, except ye give up your favorite whatever. God simply said, I tell you nay, except ye repent. He shall all likewise perish. Rich, poor, black, white, yellow, makes no difference. It is impossible to get from earth to heaven without repentance. But yet, if I turn on the TV, if I turn on the radio, and, and I'm, a program is just going off, almost all of them would say now, you know, let's make a decision day that the Lord is going to be more special to us. The Lord is going to lead and guide and direct. But if you're lost, you can't make that decision. So I believe, myself, you don't have to agree with me, but I believe that when you see people walk down the aisle, make a profession of faith, and they last about a month, and then the old style started 
coming back. And as they say in the church, you know, started out, they would miss a while. Miss every now and then, you know what I'm saying? But as time goes on, they show up every once in a while. I believe that when God granted me repentance, God granted you repentance, it wasn't a temporary change. It was a permanent change. And yes, you're going to backslide. See, I'm not really concerned myself that a person may, you know, get in a lot of sickness, financial, family problems, whatever we want to name, and they not as faithful and when they're here, their mind is somewhere else. I understand that. But it don't go on and on and on and on. Because God said, I'll chasing you. I'll chasing you. And you don't have to ask me. You don't have to ask your mama, your husband, your wife. Do you think God is chastening me? If you're a child of God, you'll know it. Because you couldn't be happy in a bathroom full of diamonds. The only way you can have peace of mind and peace of heart and, and be content, you got to be right there with the Lord, brother. I remember, uh, you know, I told y'all about when my wife was living and we were going down to Georgia, you know. It bothered me at first, you know. I told the door, I said, you know, how come everybody comes to you? Don't they know I'm a preacher? Don't they know I've been pastor? But they would flock to her so it's like she was a magnet and picking up nails. So after a while, I just, I said, well, I'm going to hear some good teaching today. You know. But see, God doesn't use me just because I'm an ordained minister. God doesn't use me just because I've been pastoring all these years. God uses who he chooses. But, What we see here in John, in John chapter 5, you already know what this verse says, I'm sure. But in John chapter 5, the Lord said here in John 5, 24, he said what? He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, and believe on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come unto condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. He that heareth. That's not with the natural year. 
because if there's a hundred people here and I preach, most of them are going to hear me. But not all of them is going to hear me. So it is in the heart when you, God speaks to you. See, I mean, and when you hear that spirit speaking to you and nobody else may not hear it, but you hear it and you change it. You change. You change. Maybe little small things at one time, you know, but there's a change in you. You know why? Because when a person is dead, after they've been dead a while, they don't move. But yeah, I, you know, the life can go out of that body, and I've been at enough of them where they raise up. I was telling my sister last week, I, uh, Joe Todd Hall used to work at the Tuckers. He married Mr. Tucker's daughter, and he was my boss out to the little factory I worked. So I went up with him. He asked me, you ever seen some person embalmed? You know, and when we were, we were sitting there talking, and all at once that body, <clears throat> I said, where is the door? <laughs> you know, I said, she been dead several hours. When you are, have repented and you got a new life, you can do things that you cannot do before. That's what it said there, you know, in John 5, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he didn't give a personal name. It's just like anyone that hears the word of God, God saves them. So we know, I don't have any problem with myself, or maybe you do, but, you know, but people that come down the aisle and, you know, I've had them come down and make a profession of faith, plan on having baptism on a certain day, you know, I haven't seen them since. You know, I don't have no problem saying that person was not saved. Repentance brings change. Such a plain decision by itself doesn't. And when people have marriages, what we need, mama was right, we need to be in church. Mama was right, but being in church won't solve your problem if you're not saved. And I, you know, I'll tell any young person, old person, you know, I don't care what's wrong with you. I don't care whether you're a drug addict, an alcoholic, a prostitute. I don't care what. When God saves you, it'll be a difference. And that decision was made long ago. Matter of fact, God made a decision that I would be one of his 
before he spoke the world in existence. We brought that out time and time again. Now, a decision is the work of the mind. The Bible teaches that the mind of sinful men is corrupt and totally depraved. That man will choose darkness rather than light because, according to John 3, 19, you know, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. We obey the law because we're afraid of what the penalty is. But when God saves us, we obey the law because we love the Lord. If you're just doing it as a work of the flesh, it won't last long. It may last a year, it may last two years. Furthermore, that sinful man will not come to the light because they did their evil deeds would be reproved. You know, John 3, 20. You want to know why all the people, or if you invite anybody, and I hope you do, but why they won't come to church? Well, God said in John chapter 3 and verse 20, for everyone that doth evil hate the light. Anybody out there practicing homosexuality don't want the light. Drunks don't want the light. Drug addicts don't want the light. We can go on and on and on because they have made a choice. What the flesh wants is more important than what the spirit until God saves you. Your works, your I wanna, what I want. Me. I spent about three hours yesterday talking to a young couple, only been married nine months. I said, What's the problem? Well, mom and dad told me that, you know, things are getting higher and higher and higher. I said, well, I mean, you know, you uh, live in an apartment, you can't afford, and you bought a car, you can't afford, and you eat where you can't afford. I don't think it's uh, anything strange about that. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I could do the same thing. I'm thankful for my Toyota. I've had it five years. Uh, you know, it still runs good. You know, I mean, I'm pleased with it. But if somebody said, what would you like to have? Big old gray Cadillac. I've already told Wire, if you get my body, I'm you're driving my body to cemetery, you gotta paint that baby. You know, foolishness. Well, 
if you're going to handle the finances of your marriage or the finances of your life, it takes some decisions. Not that what you got and what you want is wrong. The timing is off. Well, I wish I was sitting out there. I'd said amen so loud to Ruth would shut. See, it's all about timing. It's all about timing. That's why the, that the Bible teaches, you know, that, uh, you know, according to the average, you know, I shouldn't still be preaching because in March 1970, I was called to preach. And that same year in October, I was ordained and became a pastor. Five years of nothing but turmoil. Oh, I loved it, but, you know, you're trying to work. Got a wife and a baby. You're going to college. You know. But God called me, and I followed him, and I made it through. So when people say, Brother Vance, how did you do it? Oh, I didn't. God did. No way in the world could I have done that. But see, you put God first, and he'll work in and through you. God said in John 3, you know, he went on to say, For everyone that doth evil hate the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Why don't lost people want to come to church? Because I don't know them from Adam, but I tell you, if they come in, I'm going to hit every one of their sins without knowing it. Because when I started going to Grace, I accuse my sisters of telling Brother DeRoz that every one of my sins because he hit every one of them. And each time he hit a sin, I'd say, I ain't going back. I'm not going back. But it wasn't nobody telling him. It was the leadership of the Spirit of God. The Bible also teaches us that we are not saved by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by the grace of God. Titus 3, 5, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. You know, by grace are we saved through faith, not himself, and the gift of God, not of works, least any man should boast. I mean, when you get into those uh, scriptures, what is you, it's just like clay in the potter's hand, and he molded you and made you. Sometimes it was easy, sometimes it wasn't. But if you're saved, God will work on you, and he, you may not say, I'll not do that. I thought that was the only word I knew. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. 
But if you're truly saved and you want peace of mind, you will do it. And you do it because I decided. And God doesn't mind that at all. The preacher doesn't mind that at all. A good friend doesn't mind that at all. I've had people come to me, you know, and said, you know, I, I've been thinking, I've been praying, from now on I'm going to do this. And such a wicked soul, Joe, that person would say, I'll never do that. The Bible also teaches that we are saved by works of righteousness which we have done. A decision is merely an operation of the mind. But there are many who have hid knowledge of facts about Jesus. They know facts concerning his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection. This is well and good, but it does not amount to saving faith. You may memorize the book, but do you know the author? Now, you know, I don't preach like this or teach like this, but, you know, uh, you go into a church, you know, that's never been taught, and they look at you strange, and I feel sorry for, for the pastor after I leave because, you know, he said, I'll never call that dude back. But see, it's not the pastor that makes you, it's the word of God. When that word comes out and the spirit bears witness, you can say what you want to, think what you want to, but if you're saved, you can't run from the Lord. You can't run from him. Scriptures that the devils also believe. You know, that's, you know, that's a strong scripture, you know. Look at James. Let's here for a second. James chapter 2. Oh, I tell you, it's a beautiful verse, and it's got a great meaning on it. When you look at this verse, James chapter 2 and verse 19 said, Thou believest there is one God? A lost person ever told you, Well, I believe in God. You and the devil has something else in common. It's never what he said. Thou believest that there is one God, thou does well. The devils also believe and tremble. So there's many fallen angels that believes in God. As Ross Reigns say, 18 inches, approximately from here to here. They're going to miss heaven by 18 inches. Because most of the time, is you know, I'm not letting no preacher tell me what to do. I don't blame you. I wouldn't either. Because if you do something just because I believe it, I preach it, you ain't fooling nobody except yourself. But when the Spirit of God teaches you, you'll do it if nobody else does. I mean, it's just, it's just great how the Lord works. You see, it is the goodness of God that leadeth unto repentance, and faith is that gift of God. 
I mean, you just look at that. I mean, I, I know you, you've heard it time and time again, but look at Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4, God says here, Romans 2, 4, Are despised thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Why did you repent? I seen how good God was. Oh, no, I, I seen my, my marriage was about to go to the bottom. I was drinking too much. I'd run around too much. Now, the Spirit of God revealed to me how good God was. Because every one of you, you are what you are today because God is good to you. You know. I can look, there's Sister Shirley and what she's gone through, all the, you know, the surgeries and different things she's gone through. And I mean, I have to name a lot of you. I mean, we're a sickly bunch, you know. We've been... You take all the wire and screws out of us, and we'll fall apart. But you're still ticking. And if you think it's because of you, you, you probably got a you need a spiritual tune-up. Why that I like the heart surgeon that I had. You know, a lot of people recommended. My, my niece worked with him over at the Central Baptist for years, and 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 you know, and she told me said he's he is good as we we got. But I tell you why he was good to me. He said, I know what to do. But if there's any healing, God's got to do it. I don't care if you just go to have a tooth pulled tomorrow. If the bleeding stops, it's because God stopped it. And when you lay down on that operating room four or five times like I have, you realize I want the best doctor there is. But I want my Lord to be in charge. Amen. I mean, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, you know, we know that verse. We know it and know it, but sometimes I wonder, do I really know it? For by grace are ye saved through faith, not of yourselves, is a gift of God. You know. And then, second, uh, Jesus clearly taught that he is the one who made the choice. <laughs> Preacher, you just, you just wave. When I get everything in line, I'm probably the ceiling will fall at the church, but I'm going to come out there. I don't hold my breath on those things. <laughs> you know why? Because John fifteen sixteen said, 
Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And, I mean, all of us, if we be honest with ourselves, where did I fit in? Oh, God saved you. He made you out of nothing. Then you followed Adam. And you're a sinner by birth. You stay a sinner by choice. And God looked down in that bottomless pit and picked your sinful body and soul out and blessed you, saved your soul, and healed you through every little small nose grip, headache, earache, heartache. Doctor cannot heal you, people but I want the best doctor there is. I mean, you know, I've said this out to all many people. You know, why are you going to Georgia to the cancer center? It's the best that I could find. Well, you changed out of wonderful. Yep. We had 12 creepings up there. They were good. But when you follow the leadership of God, he'll lead you to the one that he's already chosen before the foundation of the world to do that surgery. You know, when Brother Jim goes in to have that need replaced, God chose that surgeon. But but what? The one that usually do it, he's busy? Yeah. You know, whatever reason. Because God is a God of details. Amen. I think people forget that. He's a God of details. He knows your concern because... It's coming up the end of the month and you don't know whether you got the money to pay your bills. He knows that. Now, it is the devil that'll tell you and probably some of you won't like this. I probably should not say it. But, you know, it's been hard and we had a little overtime. I, I think we'll go out and get a steak. Really? Did you follow that? There's nothing wrong with steak. Matter of fact, I had a steak the other night. It was free. Something about a free steak, it always tastes better. You know what I'm saying? Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, tells us that wonderful truth that God has elected whom he is going to save. And that does not interfere at all with you are lost because you refuse to repent and believe. There's God's side, there's man's side. You know, when a person sits in his house and tells me, well, uh, 
according to you, if I believe you, preacher, you know, if I'm one of God's elect, I'm going to have it no matter what. Who taught you that? And if I'm not one of God's elect, I'm not going to heaven. Who taught you that? That isn't taught in the King James. I don't preach that. I preach that whosoever will. Well, the scriptures declare that God will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. That's what Romans 9.15 teaches. He said, well, but that's not right. You mean I didn't have the right to choose who I was going to marry? She didn't have the right to choose who she was going to marry? I didn't have the right to buy the color car I wanted? There's God's side and there's man's side. And if man will follow the word of God, he will come to that conclusion. God is in charge and he's going to do what he has already determined before the world began to do it. And it doesn't bother God at all for me to say, I got tired of being lost, I got tired of being miserable, and I turned to the Lord. Now that I become an adult Christian, not an adult person, you know, because... People ask me all the time, when you're going to grow up? Never, I hope. But, you know, when God teaches you, he is in charge. There are many who claim that one must choose to be saved, and yet the Bible declares that before the world was, God had already chosen whom he would save. Oh, that's, 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 that's so hard shell, isn't it? I don't like those hard shells. What did God say in Romans 9? Underline it, memorize it. God said here in Romans chapter 9 and verse 11, He said, for the children being not yet born, follow me now, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. Amen. Amen, brother. I mean, you know, it's like somebody finds out I'm fixing to trade cars and they call me up and say, you can't trade a car? Why can't I? It's my car. Why can't God do what he wants to with me? He made me. He created me out of nothing. And I'd still be a nothing if he hadn't redone me. But I don't understand that preacher, and I just can't hardly believe anything, take part in anything I don't understand. 
And I wouldn't do nothing if I had to understand it. I don't understand. I don't understand how you cut that head off of that chicken that's flopping around everywhere. You know, you, then you take the feathers off and cut it up and cook it, and then it comes out with fried chicken. You understand that? You know, if we follow that same rule, we wouldn't do anything. Because I remember the first time my grandmother seen a, a TV and she asked Paul, who was her husband, said, how do those, all those people get in that little box? She's serious at the hard time. Now five-year-olds know more than they did about that kind of stuff now. I mean, you know, it makes me mad, you know. I, I bought a new phone last week, you know, because mine was, wasn't no good anymore, and I think I've had it eight or nine days. I know how to turn it on now, you know. But I had to take it up to Caroline, and she, she just set it up for me. She's six years old. But we don't want these kids to, to learn. Sure we do. Our job is to try to direct them in the right path. But God said, you know, in Romans 9, 11, I mean, it's make it the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works, but of him that called us. I mean, it's not hard to understand if you really bring it down to sense. You know, I go out here in springtime, you buy a tomato plant, and, you know, you put a little dirt around it, and, you know, and you water it, and, and hoping someday you have a big old ripe tomato. How in the world does that work? I don't care. As long as the tomatoes come on, they turn red and they're sweet. And not like out here in Walmart, they're red. The only thing in common they got was a tomato. You know, nothing that man does can compare to what God does. So He tells us we need to be born again. First Peter's chapter one verse two. You know. There's no decision that God has left up to man because he said in Jonah 2, 9, what? Salvation is of the Lord. The only thing, only part I had in being saved was I furnished the sinner and God made that. Salvation is of the Lord. You remember old Jonah in the heart of that well? He said, well, but that's hard to believe. Not if you're born again, it isn't. If you're lost, it, it does. If you're out of God's will, if you're fighting the Bible, it's hard. But, man, it, it, if God has saved you, just, just, you know. I remember when Dora and I got married and we'd stay down at the house for a couple, three weeks and, and, and I... Never laughed any loud in my life. Door came up and said, 
And Ms. Vance could, could I have a copy of your recipes? You know. She was short and heavy, and I mean, I thought she was going to shake the whole house. <laughs> Mom never had a recipe in her life. You know. God didn't have a recipe. God didn't have a desire. God said, let there be, and there was. And no matter what your problem is tonight, you need a job, you need a better job, you need help, you do your part, God will do his. He said, but I didn't get what I want. You couldn't handle what you wanted. That's the reason God didn't give it to you. Come on now. And lastly, God's election, however, has in no wise removed your responsibility to repent and believe the gospel. I remember Jay when I got her. Man, she was a she was a challenge. Sharp as a tack. Had more questions than she had brains. You know, but she just turned out to be as smart and she said, you know. Ain't nobody wanted to be a Sunday school teacher because she would ask questions they couldn't answer. But she would say, the Bible says that God created me. So I belong to God. I don't belong to you and Dad. I belong to God. That's pretty wise for a six, seven-year-old. And I said, Jay, you're exactly right. He's just loaned us, you. He knew we needed some joy in our life and some stress and all that. So <laughs> we had to drive all the way to Hobsonville to, to get you, but. You know, you have to look positive. I remember at a at a youth rally we was we was had and talking about preachers preaching on kids. How you know how they were uh, miracle of God, and you know, and the, and the parents always loved the kids they had born. But uh, I remember the brother Harold Harvey was the first one that told us. He said. He said, no, but J.J., Brother Vance and Sister Vance had no choice in that when Anthony come. Whatever he was, they couldn't change his eye color or nothing. When Kim changed that, but I said, Mom and Dad chose you. They just had to take Anthony and Kim. They didn't have no choice. And you know, she was all right after that. You know, so I feel the same way. God chose me. If you're saved tonight, God chose you. And God don't make no mistakes. 
So if we get our life in a mess, it wasn't God's fault. It's not God's fault. So as we close, God's election has this noses, this hurts, but the responsibility to repent and to believe the gospel according to Mark 1.15 is ours. Acts 17.30 said, And the times of this ignorance winked at. God winked at it. But now commanded all men everywhere to repent. You know, it's, it's hard to be honest with you, yourself. You know, when I went down to Hobsonville and I went that, we got a cheap her over, overnight at a motel and I picked her up, put her next to my chest and I said, man, God is good. But God, and I'll tell you this and I'll, I'll let you go, her mother The only thing she had in the paper was, do your best to make sure that my baby ends up in a Christian family. Like Paul Harvey, I'm going to tell you the rest of the story. Her mother was a lesbian. always says there's nothing good can come out of homosexuality. My daughter did. Gets quiet when you think how good God is. He takes nothing makes something out of it. Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you, Father, for the privilege.